Welcome to Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome to another episode of Employee of the Month. I had on the phenomenally talented and hysterical Bob Mankoff. He is the New Yorker's cartoon editor. It's often been referred to as the Harvard of the cartoon world, but it's also the only school, so it might as well be the Santa Monica Community College of the cartoon world. Bob is a mensch. I wanted to get out adoption papers and figure out how I could possibly be adopted into his family. He was so kind and let me come into the very posh offices of The New Yorker. I felt my IQ go up immediately when I got off on that floor. And then, of course, my heart sank because it's in Condé Nast when people would glamour and all these other (laughs) magazines would get on the elevator and they were so fancily dressed. I'm like, it's 11 a.m. How are you wearing those heels? Like, I could wear them at any hour, but whatever. Back to The New Yorker. Back to the cartoonists who came into this office. They would have about 10 cartoons each and hope that one of them got picked. It was quite a humbling uh, affair to witness, but they're also so sweet. And there's just something so beautiful about how creative people inherently are and they feel this urge to create whether or not it makes it, whether or not they get paid for it. I was, uh, I don't know, delighted by the whole thing. Of course, there's, there's also a cathartic element as someone who gets rejected for a living. Um, my credentials of things I've either been cut from or never been asked to do uh, far outweigh anything I've ever done. So it it was neat to see other artists in a different field go through the same thing and get up to do it all over again. And I wouldn't do anything else, and clearly they wouldn't either. Um, Please enjoy my interview with the lovely and talented Bob Mankoff. He's so intelligent. He's writing a book on the psychology of humor, and he's also writing his memoir, and you will get to get a sneak peek, um, an excerpt from that. So enjoy. Without further ado, Mr. Bob Mankoff. And me. Okay, thanks. Enjoy the interview. I want to bring up my um, first guest. He submitted, I believe, his first cartoon that got in in 1977. I may be getting this wrong. And he became the cartoon editor at The New Yorker in 1997. Um, I'm talking about Bob Minkoff, the yeah. cartoon editor of The New Yorker. He works for The New Yorker. You're like me, you read for the cartoons, the kind without balloons. Best part of The New Yorker. Please welcome Bob Minkoff! I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> no, really, I'd like to be excited. But uh, I have an arrhythmia, so I can't get too excited. Uh, in fact, I was at the doctor the other day and you know, being examined for an arrhythmia, that's an irregular heartbeat, okay? And to be put me at my ease, he you know, they, they make small talk. You say, well, what do you do for your living? I say, well, I'm the cartoon editor of the New Yorker magazine. Stops everything, stops the machine, says, you know, I got an idea for a cartoon. <laughs> I said, great, I got an idea for a bypass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
do a little slideshow because everyone wants to know how how do you get to be a cartoonist or a cartoon editor? Because it's you know it's not a natural thing to be, and it can be more than this. So if we lower the lights and cue it up. Uh, I will start. I hope. It'll come by 2015. <laughs> how you doing? Is the, is the slide up yet? The black slide? It is. This is a great cartoon. <laughs> this would have been mine if I had submitted <laughs> Cartoon without lines. I saw lines. the uh, little red, red, is there also a laser pointer on that little thing? I think there it has two buttons. Pointer, but you have a black slide there. Where is it? We have a really high-tech outlook oh, Here we go, we yay! Well, okay, this is my drawing ability at age nine years old. Wow. Okay, not bad, I mean, guy's missing an ear. But that's not bad. Okay, it got me uh, into the High School of Music and Art. And I was up on 135th Street and Convent Avenue. And, um, you know, you can't read that, but it says I'm a good citizen and I passed all the uh, art tests. Uh, that's me there on the bottom. Okay, this is 1962, right there. Here are various very, very talented people who ended up being dentists. <laughs> who could draw people with two ears. Okay, now this is interesting. Some people really focus. That's Edward Barack. You see he's got a pipe. Okay, Edward became the Dean of American Pipe Makers. Is that amazing? That was the guy. I mean, he was focused. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't that focused. See that? I went to Syracuse where I tried to unnerdify myself a little bit, do Bob Dylan. I majored in hair. You look like Prince. <laughs> right? I majored in hair. Uh, I got out of Syracuse and I got into psychology, this graduate school of psychology where I put rats in mazes and try to tell them jokes. <laughs> but seriously, you can't miss it. Just take a right and then two lefts. Then what I actually did was I put them in these machines, which are now outlawed by the Geneva Convention, uh, which were called reinforcement schedules. You sort of gave them pellets of food. Sometimes you rewarded, sometimes you didn't. It produced a very persistent behavior. I quit. I wanted to become a cartoonist. Uh, that's me in 1974, all with lead hair. But I found myself in the same situation as that rat. Because when you went into freelance cartooning, what you found is you would get these rewards, like any of this stuff, and then you would go 10, 20 cartoons, not sell any, and anyway, I sold some cartoons to various magazines, but of course I wanted to be in the New Yorker, and I kept getting rejection slips. We regret we are unable to use this enclosed material, okay? This is me in 76. I had enough to paper my bathroom. <laughs> then... Says we regret. So that was it. And then magically, I sold a cartoon to the New Yorker, and that changed to this. Hey, you sold one. No shit. You really sold a cartoon. And of course, they don't do that because that is not New York humor, as you well know. But here, I'll show you actually some cartoons I sold, which were a very different type of humor. I'll tell you a little bit of the type of stuff I do. Uh, this is. There is no justice in the world. There is some justice in the world. The world is just. <laughs> this is called What Lemmings Believe. And this is one of the things I try to do when I do cartoons. I, I try to make, please save the laughter to the end. I, I try to make oblique points about things rather than an editorial cartoon. It's sort of my view on all religion, which 
is sort of like all the arguments are about who has the best imaginary friend. <laughs> but I do sort of silly cartoons also. <laughs> And this, say what's on your mind, Harris. The language of dance has always eluded me. <laughs> and finally, this is, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, dear, I wasn't listening. Could you repeat what you said since you've been married? <laughs> and this, no Thursdays out, how about never is never good for you? That's a very good selling cartoon of mine. It got in the Oxford Book, book of Quotations, which is nice. And, Uh, and got ripped off everywhere, and it's on thongs. And I, I, and I hope some of you are wearing them. Thank you. Do you, do you get a cut from those thongs? No, I, get, I get as many as I want to wear. Okay. <laughs> so what is your favorite cartoon of yours? Of my favorite yeah. cartoon? Uh, I, don't, I think anybody who's in like the comedy business, I mean, it's, it's always a weird thing. It's like, if you say the favorite and then what second? <laughs> then you got to do third, so I never like to go down that You're that, more thoughtful that road. than that. I, yeah. Generally, I think what happens is the, the cartoons that are the most popular are, tend to be the cartoons that uh, a cartoonist, myself included, any cartoonist does 10 or 15 cartoons every week, just like anybody who writes jokes. It's an awful lot of material. Except that you're also drawing. Right, you're also drawing. It's a little it's bit true. more. So you, well, you're drawing and stuff like that, and usually the, the, the type of cartoons that you end up liking are different than, the, than, the, you know, than, than the rest of the people like, and you, don't, you never want to tell them that. <laughs> so let's get to that, because I, I heard in an interview how you, you, know, you have to reject people, and you will say, that's not right for us. Is there ever a time when you're like, that's not right for anyone? <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's all. The, I mean, there's uh, there's there's public humor, there's private humor, and there's secret humor. <laughs> it sounds like a therapy but, you session. Know, and, 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 each, and each is funny in it, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, in its place. In a in a place like the New Yorker, because it's essentially a serious place, in which there's serious. So it's not like a comic supplement. So okay, you're reading about the Rwandan, you know, genocide or something. So people are very, very sensitive. So, for example, we'll get, we'll get letters. Let's say there's a cartoon in which uh, there's uh, two surgeons over and they're operating on a child, and one is saying to the other, "It's got to be an easier way to get candy from a baby." <laughs> and you know, and that's about as far we go. And you get stuff from psychiatrists and things. You, you know, have a lot and, of and psychiatry. Or, or if you do anything, we did it. We did a, we did a cartoon in which there's a woman <coughs> lying like this and. Uh, you know, it's called, you know, combination uh, 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 chronic fatigue irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> and she's saying, you know, my stomach would hurt, but I'm too tired. <laughs> and and, and you, know, you get letters from people, you know, they're outraged that they have one, and they'll say, I don't see what, what either one of these are funny, and, and I never oh, that's write them great. back saying either one separately is not funny. Together, they're hilarious. Wait, so, so you write people back when they write you uh, disgruntled letters? I, I, yeah, I, I, I do sometimes. Sometimes you can't really get uh, too involved with them because they will threaten you. To, to, to make ordinary people feel better, because I'm sure people here have submitted, 
um, you have rejected some very famous people. Uh, well, David Mamet, the playwright, sent me a batch of cartoons. When I became cartoon editor, he said, congratulations, I've taken the liberty of sending you a batch of cartoons. Terrible. Uh, you know, <laughs> if, if you saw these cartoons, you'd hate his, make the, they'd make you hate his plays. So Honestly, I, I, having seen his plays, you I, can I just said, see his so plays So I sent him back a, yeah. a note saying, you know, thank you very much for sending me the cartoons. I've taken the liberty of sending you a play. <laughs> but it, but the, the thing is this, the people who do it, like people who do anything really for a living and hard, is they actually work very, very hard yes. on it. And so there is a little bit of nastiness about thinking, oh, I'm just going to, you know, on my lunch hour, I'm going to take a little time off. And, you know, and, and doodle. You know, and do that. And, and they know, the treat it like is, doodling. Yeah. I mean, that's why we have the caption contest on the back page where we don't have, you know, it's just an image and you can, you can fill it in. Now, the cartoonists I had the pleasure of meeting at your office were all rather sweet, and you, you are as well. Is there a personality type? Oh, come on. I know, I'm buttering Do up. I but really seem that you guys, Well, you seem much... I'm coming from stand-up, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. does. But, yeah, that's true. Honestly, <laughs> right, yeah. But, but, um, they are actually... They're, they're, I mean, they're, 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 uh, you know, they're an interesting bunch, and probably it's similar to stand-up, that once you do it for a number of years, you're not good for anything else. Yeah, I felt sad. I did get, so yeah, if they don't get their cartoons in the New Yorker, where else can they publish them besides Playboy? Well, one of the things I created, the Cartoon Bank, in which they can license them online, and there are some other magazines, but it's true. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult field now to make a living at. It's not, it, it, it's interesting in a way because cartoons are never more prevalent than they are everywhere online, but it's almost like all these occupations are in danger of becoming hobbies rather than, yeah. than professions. Between just you and me, how much do the it's cartoonists... Really? All these people? How much do the cartoonists make for how a cartoon? Well, you know, at, when, you, when you see cartoons, you know, often in like there's a bag of money that's a dollar sign on it. Yeah. That's how we pay them. <laughs> <laughs> we give them bags, of, you know, and really they're like children. <laughs> because they, they think, wow, this is great. This is what I draw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so... Just between you and me, <laughs> that's what we do. Okay. Uh, well, actually, the thing when people ask me that, I always say, and how much do you make? I make nothing. <laughs> okay. I, that's why I'm so eager to talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> if someone tries to rob me, I'm like, go ahead. But this may not be the smartest way to go. Yeah, go, ahead, go, ahead, go to the cartoonists. They're the ones who have the bags of money. Yeah, they might be better. No, that's why I'm fine talking about it, because I really make so little. It's, it's totally okay. Um, and also, it's a show about jobs, and I like to know how people support themselves. Well, some of them are, some of them really, the New Yorker pays the best and you can, you know, when, when, when new cartoonists come in, you know, what I do is I say, uh, uh, you can do this and you really can earn a living with it if you're successful at the New Yorker. You're going to make a lot more money doing vodka ads, but at the end of your career, you're going to have a lot of vodka ads rather than your own cartoons right. and, you'll be, and you'll need that vodka. <laughs> <laughs> How has your style changed since you became an editor? Uh, well, I mean, really, I'm less, I've done a lot of cartoons for The New Yorker, close to a thousand, and, but my real interest now and is, you know, one thing, I go to schools and stuff, and, uh, and I, I went to my, my daughter's high school a few years ago, and, you know, when she was in the eighth grade, and I, I'm really looking for people who want to be cartoonists, and I, I, so I often have a pitch at school that doesn't go over the, quite that well, because... I go to like a high school and I say, do any of you want to be a cartoonist? And if anybody raises their hand, I say, great, you can quit school right now. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> dangerous. <laughs> 
but no, I would, I, I'm, my interest now, in, and, and the New Yorker now, I mean, it's really interesting because it really is intergenerational. It has people who have been doing this forever, even longer than me, people who are in their 70s, and it has people in their 20s. And, you know, I'm looking for people who want to do this, young people who actually want to do it. But it's hard to do, to do it, you know, uh, uh, someone comes in and they have done a cartoon, you know, that's like stamping amateur on your head. You know, you've done one cartoon. Jack Ziegler, who's done thousands for The New Yorker, you know, said to me once, he didn't really think he got the hang of it until he did 3,000. So it, it's really like every other creative profession. You have to put an enormous amount of time in it, and only it, through putting the time in it. My original style was actually quite different than that. It was all visual cartoons. I was very influenced by Saul Steinberg, yes. uh, by art school and things like that. And, and then eventually my sort of wise guy, funny Queens thing came out. And, that's where I am now. Now, David Remnick, who's the editor of The New Yorker, he has final say on the cartoons. Right. Was that true with your previous editors, with Tina Brown? Well, there's been Harold Ross and William Sean and Tina Brown, and that, that, that's true, and it's also necessary in a way in that there's some person sort of outside the field, because once again, The New Yorker, it's not just a cartoon magazine, it's everything else. And David's a brilliant editor, and I mean, we have disagreements and stuff uh, uh, you know, about the cartoons, but also you do need someone in the end, who makes a decision which he doesn't have to justify. That's only the way big companies get run. Somebody actually had to say, I like it completely and doesn't have to justify it, and that's David. And you also don't have to take the blame then. You could be like, it wasn't right. me. Yeah, I yeah, loved yeah, your yeah, cartoon. I said, well, yeah, exactly. That's, that's great. All the ones you don't like are David Remnick's, all the ones you love are. Now I know what no happens. David, no David, now I know no. what happened when I went in. No. Yeah, right. Um, Thank you so, so much. This was just a delight. We are going to have you back on the show because you also talk about the psychology of humor. And you're also going to be back for the award ceremony part. I can't wait. But I don't want to get too excited. Okay. Because it's a huge honor. Thank you so much to Bob Mankoff. He works for the New Yorker. You're like me, you read for the cartoon. Bob Mankoff. All I associate The New Yorker with is my parents and psychiatrist's office and now sex. It's great. Yeah, I agree. That was the exact response. You guys are like, what? Because it's a sexy song. No? That's not you guys are not. You, all of you guys are really adamant about this. Well, what do you guys find sexy? The New York Review of Books? Tori Amos? Bonnie Vare. I like him too. I like him too. No, none of the Selena Gomez. Should I get you guys in Femity? Who? Oh, Katy Perry. Okay, now I know why we're having a disconnect. Okay. Okay, good. Our our next guest, she is single now, so that is a good idea to go in that direction. I'm sure she'll she'll respond to you on Twitter. Um That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you for tuning in. If you would like to nominate someone for a dream job or get involved, subscribe to the podcast and find out about upcoming live shows at UCB, please check out our website, employeeofthemonthshow.com. Again, that's employeeofthemonthshow.com. Special thanks to you all, to UCB, Sirius XM, our audio engineers, Ian Mazoff and Damian Strange, and 
to the wonderful musicians, our house band, the new guys, Arthur Lewis and Shockwave, who composed the beautiful theme music you're listening to. Again, thanks to all of you, and don't forget to get your parking ticket validated. Now I gotta figure out where I locked up my bike. <laughs>